Hey, have you ever wanted to create your own podcast and share your own light bulb moments with the world? If so, now is the perfect time to do so because audio is the future of the internet and Anchor is a perfect place to do it. So Anchor is a podcasting platform you can find at anchor.fm and it's what we use to create the Lightbulb Moment podcast. So Anchor is amazing because first of all, it's completely free to use. Yep, completely free. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. So I've used Anchor to record with other guests on a mobile app, and you can also edit on your computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you across so many platforms. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the other major podcast streaming sites. So you don't have to set up individual accounts and try to distribute to all of those places. And you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum subscribers needed. And it's basically everything you need to record, edit, and publish your podcast in one place all for free. So I highly encourage you to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good luck. Hi there, I'm Genika Pinnam. And I'm Varika Pinnam. We're sisters and the co-founders of Ida. Ida is the place for women entrepreneurs to get the tips, resources, and tools to build their businesses. And we have a powerful app that is like Siri for your business. You can track your business goals, milestones, and it tells you which step to take next for your particular business. You can check that out on thinkida.com. On this podcast, we address how you can ideate, decide, and act on the topics we discuss in each episode and apply them to your own business. So if you are a woman with your own business or aspiring to be an entrepreneur but wondering where to go and how to get started, you've come to the right place. Now let's dive in. Hello, welcome to the podcast. And today we have Natasha Astara, who's a spiritual artist and clairvoyant. And the reason that I invited Natasha to be on the podcast today is because we connected a while back through a Facebook group and I had an awesome chat with her and she's just so great. And we talked a lot about the mental wellness mindset and kind of inner work and energy aspects of entrepreneurship and just, you know, whatever you're working on, even if it's not starting your own business. And just how mindset plays a lot more into that than we believe. And a lot of times we focus a lot on strategies and work and hustle. But I wanted to have Natasha on the show so we can talk more about kind of your inner well-being. So thank you so much, Natasha, for joining us today. Oh, hi, Varika. It's lovely to be on with you. Yeah, and thanks for making the time, especially Natasha's based out of, can you remind me again? I know you're in Europe, Natasha, but which country are you based out of? So I'm in England. I'm in East Sussex, which is just outside London. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So thank you so much for, um, you know, coordinating the time zones and making the time to be here. And I would love to get to know more about your story. So how did you get started? Like what's, what was your original background or what did you think that you wanted to do with your career? Have you always known and how did you end up where you are today? Um, well, I think I've been on one of those journeys where, as a child and as a teenager, you kind of know what you want to do. You really I kind of had a lot of passion um, for art. And I came from a family of kind of clairvoyants and, and mystics, psychics and healers. They were quite a crazy family, really. Um, but I was kind of always told, oh, academically, you, you can do really well, you know, go to university, get a good job. And um, so I, I followed a really strange career path. 
and um, I, you know, went to university. I did all those things, and um, I, I found myself, you know, working in corporations, and I was never really that happy. And so I found that in my holidays, I would then go work for art galleries. And then I retrained in energy medicine. So I I was an acupuncturist for like 20 years. And then beside it, I was always doing my clairvoyance. I trained as an angel medium. And then I was doing art as well. So um, I found that I was running art festivals and doing all these other things, um, which were kind of keeping my passion connected. Um, But they weren't really me doing what I really wanted to do and and loved. So me stepping into being a spiritual artist and clairvoyant and doing it full time was a really big um, lifelong journey. Um, And I'd kind of reached it through lots of different avenues. um, But finally, you know, reached the place where I thought, well, I'm ready to be this in the world and um, to kind of own my power with it. Yeah, awesome. And thank you for sharing that. And it's funny how like, even when you were in school and following the traditional path, you were always pulled towards like art and the creative side. So in the summers. Um, So can you talk a little bit about what your day to day looks like right now? So um, what does spiritual artistry mean to you? Um, And especially like, to listeners who may not know what like um, a clairvoyant does. And even for myself, I would love to know kind of what your day to day looks like. Yeah, sure. So being a clairvoyant means that I see energy. You know, I see things that most people don't see in because they're in the material world. So I see sometimes I see spirits, sometimes I see people's energy fields like auras. Um, and, you know, when I go out in nature, I can see like nature spirits. Um, and when I work with the angels, I'm seeing like angelic kind of light coming in so my day usually starts with um a meditation or maybe a run or a walk in nature um i i set my intentions for the day because i work a lot with um focused intention like what i want to achieve how i want to feel what i what my day i want it to feel like because that will help it flow much more easily and then once i've dropped my children off at their school um i usually go into this my studio And I spend time working on either commissions for clients that I'm working with or I'm working on my own uh, work, which is like different concepts I'm developing. Um, And then sometimes in the afternoon, I have clients um, that I work with on Zoom or in person. That's awesome. So um, I'm First of all, getting clients um, like for one on ones and stuff, um, I'm sure there's like a lot of business strategy and stuff that goes behind it. Right. But in this episode, I want to talk more about like your mindset and things like that. So when you first started, um, did you have a hard time getting these clients? And, you know, how did you work through that? Because I'm sure others can relate, um, even if they're not doing the exact same thing you're doing, just in getting customers and things like that. That's a question or like a struggle that a lot of entrepreneurs face. So how did you work through that when you were just getting started and getting your name and brand out there? You know, I think that's such a good question because um, I I realized that I had to personally work on my self-belief. And it really took me a long time to step out into being a spiritual artist and a clairvoyant publicly um, because it's like I had to own that part of me. Um, and it, I was often a bit, almost a bit shy of it or a bit embarrassed or like I was going to be judged. Um, so if anyone's working in this field or wants to, then it's really empowering to like own that part of yourself. 
And I completely remember the feeling of when, when I was starting, like waking up each morning, like creating a painting and thinking, well, I've got no one to sell this to. You know, I've, I don't know who my clients are going to be. Um, so I did a few things, actually. One of the, one of the main things I did was, was work with a coach that I liked. Um, and she was a soulful business coach. So that whenever I felt like I was, um, you know, feeling a bit lackluster or like I wasn't in the in the right mindset space, um, it was really helpful to have someone else who had my back and was holding my vision with me and kind of looking after me on the way. So I saw that as a real investment in in my time and and what I was trying to create. Um, so the other thing is just to keep your mindset really positive. So I noticed that I could sometimes spiral into this doubt or lack of trust in the universe. And so it was really important for me once I recognized that was to just keep reminding myself and I would use affirmations. They're really good. So I'd have like a set of maybe 10 affirmations and I would say them like every morning. And then if I was feeling low in the afternoon, I would say them again and they were just completely reminding me of what my vision was, what I was trying to achieve, what I was working towards, and really trying to cultivate the belief that it was possible for me to create this life for myself. That's amazing. And I love that you brought up affirmations. And if you're comfortable, uh, would you mind sharing some or, you know, whichever ones pop into your head um, so listeners can get a sense of what you're talking about and maybe get some inspiration of their own as well? Yeah, sure. Um, oh gosh, I've I've used so many over the years. Um, but some of the key ones are like money flows to me easily. Um, I am the joy and the beauty of expression in the world. Um, I like that one. It always made me feel good. <laughs> um, um, that I can, I I believe in myself and I can achieve anything that I set my mind to. So yeah, it was just ones like that, and I would recreate re recreate ones that came up for me and. Um, depending on what problem I was being faced with. That's amazing. I love that one. Um, I believe in myself and anything is possible. Or you said it better, but I love that one. <laughs> um, great. So um, since you, you know, started up and, you know, you worked on your mindset and stuff, do you have um, any tips, maybe like two to three tips that you recommend uh, for mindset and mental well-being for entrepreneurs um, that are working on something similar or even just completely different businesses? How can they kind of improve their self-belief outside of affirmations that you mentioned, which is a really good one? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think looking after yourself is really key. So um, anything that makes you feel like you're loved or appreciated, like if you need a massage or you need to go for a run or go for a go to the gym or meet a friend for coffee you know I would weave that into your week because all of those things um, create you know a healthy energy system your energy system which is then very attractive to people um, especially as an entrepreneur looking after your energy is so important and it helps to keep your your mindset positive because really you know being an entrepreneur you're like you are your own sort of uh, manager aren't you so you need to kind of keep keeping your, yourself high in your vibration and telling yourself that you can manage this and you can do it um so anything that helps that and is really great so for example I would always go for a massage at least every other week or once a month um I would exercise regularly 
um, I would eat well, and I would start, try and surround myself with people who are kind of in the same place in their business, but who are really positive, um, because I found that really helpful. Um, because being on being an entrepreneur can be quite lonely sometimes, um, because other people won't get it unless they've walked the same path. Um, yeah. So lo- yeah, looking after yourself, self love, I think is really key. Okay. Awesome. Uh, and thank you for sharing that about like, you know, working out and getting a massage. That actually sounds super good right now uh, to me as well. Awesome. And uh, can you talk about like why that's so important in terms of like the energy uh, behind the work? So like before you do something, um, let's say like a lot of people can put a lot of effort and action and like forcing things um, or just like, you know, like the grunt work, but the mindset behind that matters a lot. So can you talk about from like an energetic perspective, why that is uh, based on your experience? Yeah, sure. So um, the way I look at our energy is uh, we have yin and we have yang. So I was an energy practitioner for like 20 years. And so I would use this with all my clients and it would get really amazing results. So we have yin and we have yang and our yin is the more resting part of us. It's like the part that needs to be nourished. It's often the softer part of us, the nighttime. And that is where we incubate our ideas. Um, And the yang is the part of us that's, you know, maybe more masculine. Maybe it goes out into the world. It's more outgoing. It creates structure. And that part of our energy is the bit that acts upon the vision that the... um, the yin is providing so you need both in balance otherwise you're going to have a situation where this is what happens most people have a situation where they have too much yin so they don't really do anything (laughs) they kind of float around dreaming and visioning or they have too much yang and they um find that they're kind of using a lot of energy trying to force things but actually because there's no compatibility with their vision then they can't really push out in the world like birth in the world what they really want so you you kind of need both these parts of your energy working together in a really um healthy way um so what i would find sometimes is that if my energy got really depleted like i didn't i wasn't able to take action with my yang energy or i wasn't able to vision something very very clearly and hold it with my yin energy then my business would kind of go a bit wobbly and so i noticed that um by really looking after and taking care of my health you know like making sure i had adequate sleep making sure that I socialized so that I felt happy, making sure um, I didn't spend too much time in front of the computer, etc, etc. Then I realized that all I was doing was creating a really high vibration within myself that is much better at attracting what I needed. Um, And particularly as I was moving up my price bracket of working with people, um, you know, I I really wanted to feel that my, my energy system was really positive and clear and so people then had to to pay for that if that makes sense um I couldn't then do loads of clients in one day it was definitely a situation where I was thinking okay I've only got this much energy and I want to look after it so I'm going to do less clients I'm going to do like two clients a day rather than six and I'm going to increase my prices to represent that Um, so I think all the time I'm looking at my energy and how to use it wisely and how to look after myself 
That's amazing. I learned a lot there. Um, I, I mean, I've always heard about yin and yang, right? But um, I think it's always been confusing, like what each side represents. So that's really awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Natasha. And I love what you said about how if like one side is depleted, you might have like a lot of ideas, but not know how to take action on it. So you're just kind of floating around. Or you might just be doing stuff, but you don't really know what it's connected to. Like it's not connected to a greater purpose or vision. Um, and I think everyone's probably experienced like both uh, facets of that. So that's really interesting to hear your explanation on why that is. And actually, I also wanted to say um, one of the things that you brought up that was really interesting in there is you mentioned that you raise your prices so that you could, you know, do less clients in a day. Um, but still, you know, make the same amount of money. And I think that's something that I've noticed um, a lot of like questions or like um, concerns about, which is like raising prices. So like, let's say you raise your prices. How do you get over the fear of doing that or the fear of like losing customers or um, feeling like you shouldn't because you don't think that you are deserving or that your product is deserving or that your service is deserving? Yeah, um, sure. I mean, I found... A lot, a lot of my business is about the, the feedback that I get. So I make a decision in my business, like I'm going to price um, like a painting or, or a, a you know an hour of my time at this price. And then I wait to see what happens with my clients to get the feedback. Um, and I have generally noticed that you kind of know when it's time to raise your prices. You, there's a sort of feeling inside, like sometimes you just notice, oh, I've got a kind of waiting list or my energy is a bit depleted, so I need to take time out, or is this rhythm working for me? These are the sort of questions I would ask myself, like periodically, maybe every six months or so. And it, if I was thinking, actually, this is quite depleting for me now, and I really want to work at a, quite a different level with people, I may want to go more intensive or more deeper. So the kind of hourly sessions I was offering maybe don't work anymore. So I need to kind of um, tweak that and change that to to match how I want to work with people. And then you find you'll attract clients who want to work that way. And often that comes with the same kind of value, the price ticket, which is like the investment, the value. So there's often a very good energetic match. And I have to say, every time I've upped my prices, um, for really good reasons, because they felt like the right thing for me to do, um, I've always then attracted a good energetic match. And it's shown that maybe my energy was ready to take on more and to work differently and do you know what I think that's the beauty of being like an entrepreneur because you can decide um what your time is worth and you know what your work is worth and um all that value and worthiness is intricately linked with you and your feelings and how you're going to express that in the world um so it's actually a really great opportunity to be creative with that process and just follow what feels right yeah, that's amazing. And um, thanks for sharing that again. Super insightful. Um, I think you do bring like a unique perspective to all of this. So I want to say like, is there a message that you um, were hoping to share today or want to share with more entrepreneurs out in the world or um, even the people that you meet? Is there something that you wish that they knew or realized um, based on how you see the world and your perspective? Yeah, you know, it's taken me a long time to um, follow my heart. And so now I work with my clients. All I work with is saying, follow your heart. What is it that you really want to do? And how can we best birth this into the world? 
And um, that seems to me to, to make up for a really happy life for most people, because nearly everyone I meet who's stuck, they they kind of say, oh, I wish I was doing a different job or I don't feel like I'm doing what I was meant to do in life. Or I, I do sole purpose reading. So people often come with a sole purpose thing. Well, what is my sole purpose? Um, that's a classic question. And so if we can identify like as young as possible in our lives, what we really feel in alignment with doing and spending our energy that way, then that saves an awful lot of um, funny turns and jobs that we don't really fancy doing or, um, you know, putting energy and investment to businesses that don't quite work. Or So the sooner you can work out what your heart is saying to you, then the sooner you can kind of begin to birth that into your vision um, and make it into the business that you actually want to be running and enjoying on a daily basis. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I'm not sure if I brought this up, you know, in a conversation before or maybe even a podcast episode, but recently, um, well, this is a common, you know, kind of theme, but recently I was listening to a podcast episode uh, where they were talking about the top five regrets of the dying, right? And the top one is they wish that they had lived a life that was true to themselves and not what society expected of them. Yeah. So something that was true to what they actually wanted. Yeah. Um, so Natasha, that goes hand in hand with what you just said, which is that you wish more entrepreneurs would do that. So how do you recommend uh, people find what that is? Or sometimes you know what that is, but you're just kind of avoiding it because you know it's not what society expects of you. Um, but sometimes people are lost and they don't know what that is. They just know that what they're doing now is not it, right? So how do you recommend that people identify um, what really lights them up and what they're true passions are oh such a great question um so I mean for me I always knew what I wanted to do but I had this really big belief system that was to do with my family really saying that artists don't earn any money like the idea of being an artist or a clairvoyant earning money was just sort of a funny joke <laughs> um so what I would say is like the first thing people have got to do is really get in contact with their feelings about things um, and really get in contact with their heart space, which they probably did as a child. Um, so if they've got to adult adulthood and they can't remember what that was like, then maybe getting in contact with your inner child, spending time journaling, thinking about what lights you up inside, what you would do if, if you could do anything ever and never get paid but just live your life doing it, what would it be? That's a really good one. Um, and if people are still really unsure, like they just don't know, I would say try different things, like try a day on the farm, or try a day in the office, try a day as a doctor. Try, you know, there's a lot to be said for experiencing things and seeing what lights you up and what actually wakes up your soul potential. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I love the journaling prompts and the shadowing um, is awesome. So I know a lot of people might be right now thinking, um, you know, it can be hard to do that, um, like try a day. So, you know, of course, you're not going to be able to actually do the things that like a doctor might do or like, you know, you might not have a farm. But if you can get in that environment, try to envision like, is that an environment that I can see myself in? So recently I was reading something interesting where it was talking about how if you want to hire someone for your team, you need to do like a test, like, can I sit next to this person at a bus stop for two hours? Um, so maybe for your career, you can do a test. Like if you're going into an environment and you're bothered by it, or you can't even handle it for the day, then that's a good test of 
it's probably not your calling to do uh, for a longer period of time. So if the thought of going into the office fills you with dread every day, that's a really big indicator that you should be paying attention to, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I mean, I'm a really sensitive person. I'm a super empath and, um, you know, I, I'd spent lots of times in offices and just feeling quite miserable. (laughs) So, so I would say like, just be really aware of, you know, what your energy is doing and what you actually, what lights you up inside and what really drains you. And once you can begin to identify that, it makes living life a lot easier. Yeah, that's awesome. And I have to say, Natasha, uh, you have a really, really calming presence as well. So I'm sure that like other um, listeners that have, you know, heard me on other episodes of the podcast, usually I'm a lot louder and talkative, but you have this like very calming presence. I can definitely uh, see that you love what you're doing and you have this like effect on other people that talk to you, which is awesome. So it's really, really amazing talking to you today. And I want to give listeners a chance to connect with you further if they'd like to. So where can they find you? Um, like, what's your website? And where they, where can they find you on social media if you are on social media and connect with you and kind of learn about you a little bit more? Yeah, sure. So my website is www.earthmotherstarchild.co.uk. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook as Earth Mother Star Child. And um, yeah, if anyone wants to get in contact with me, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, that's amazing. And thank you so much for being on our podcast once again. It was such a pleasure having you on and um, definitely a different kind of episode than we normally do. But I'm so glad we did this um, just because it's always interesting to get perspectives from different people, um, especially about entrepreneurship or just even life in general. So thank you for being here and sharing that with us. And do you have any kind of parting words or anything that you'd like to say here as we wrap up? Oh, um, just that if you if you are planning to build your own business, go for it, you know, because there's always um, energy to do it. And no one I know ever spoken to has regretted it (laughs) that's amazing that's what we always say too is go for it because the only thing you're going to regret is not following your dreams Um, you're not going to regret you know trying and failing as much as you're going to regret not ever trying at all so I love that message and with that we'll wrap it up here and thank you so much for once again Natasha for being here and I'd love to keep our connection going as well And yeah, I'm so excited for this episode to get published and just to hear what the thoughts are on about what your perspective of energy and yin and yang and all of that is. Great. Bye. Thank you, Brika. Want to get a workbook detailing steps you can take for your business today? Our top three recommendations for tools and questions you must ask yourself as an entrepreneur? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and take a screenshot before submitting. Email the screenshot to contact at thinkida.com and we'll send you the workbook for free. Thank you for listening to the Ida podcast. You can get more tips and resources and connect with us at Think Ida on Instagram. Until next time, ideate, decide, act.